This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Jets up 2-0 on the Senators. Mark Scheifele has just scored his second of the season. Early in the second, Columbus leading Tampa 1-0. About five minutes into the middle frame, Islanders up 2-1 on the Devils. And another one early in the second period, no score between the Flyers and the Bruins. Later on tonight, the Canucks and Canadians will go at it again after their wild one last night. The Avalanche meet the Kings. The Edmonton Oilers will be back at it tomorrow against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We have it for you on 6.30. Chad Faceoff show at 3.30, and the game will start at 5. Also, a report coming out in the last hour or so that the Tokyo Olympics, already rescheduled from last summer, will likely be cancelled altogether. According to the Times, the Japanese government has privately concluded that they'll have no choice but to cancel the Olympics for a second straight year because of the pandemic. So we'll wait for something official along those lines. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilk is with you. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. You can get in touch by calling or texting 780-496-0063. So the Oilers get back in the win column to bump their record to 2-3 and three last night with a surprisingly low event victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. They got it done 3-1. Yeah, they got some breaks along the way, but I think they played harder in their own end, played better defensively, and were able to cash in when they needed. So (laughs) I love this clip. Dave Tippett commenting about the lack of offense last night. You know what? All I heard all summer was all you guys talking about how we couldn't defend and now I hear all I hear is you can't score. So that last that game last night, it was it was a tightly checked game. You had McDavid against Matthews all night. It was a tight checking game. There wasn't space for either team. So yeah, well, we'd like to score more. Yeah, we'd like to score more. But the other team has a say in that, just like we had a say in Toronto not scoring. So you're always looking for things to improve. But it's it, it's almost funny to me how everybody talked all summer about Toronto and Edmonton have to defend better, and then. Toronto and Edmonton actually defend well, and now they think it's a bad hockey game. So that uh, it just it just baffles me sometimes hearing what's going on. Well, he's right. <laughs> I mean, he's he's right. That's that that's a totally fair point by Dave Tippett. Oh, the Leafs and the Oilers—they can't lock it down. They can't play tough enough. They freewheel, but they're lost when it's a low-scoring game. Well. It's a low-scoring game. Now, look, nationally televised game in Canada and the United States, I should add, early in the season, a season in which there have already been some high-scoring games, some sloppiness, I think because there weren't any preseason games. You got Marner, McDavid, Matthews, Dreisaitl, other big-name offensive players. So I just think that the expectations were that it was <laughs> that it was going to be uh, a high-scoring game, and it wasn't. But I think if you're a member of Oil Country, you'll take the win. And look, if the Oilers can uh, learn how to win like that consistently and lock it down and play lower-event hockey, 
that'll help them and it'll help the offensive players because we saw in the Oilers' first four games of the season, a lot of wide open chances against, a lot of odd man rushes, a lot of sloppy defensive plays, a lot of uh, defensive plays where it looked like they weren't concentrating. Didn't really see that last night. Much better, less room for the Leafs to operate, less free lanes to the net to get grade-A scoring chances. So the Oilers fix that. Hopefully that eventually becomes part of their identity. Dave Tippett also commented on becoming a better defending team. Well, that was a focus coming into the into the year is we have to be a, a better defending team. And, you know, for the most part, we've done it. There's been some areas where I think we've been loose. And uh, some of that is making some mistakes some of that is i don't think we've put the put the uh enough oomph into getting the defending job uh, done where you're getting beat one-on-one so uh if we continue to improve on that we'll give ourselves a better chance to win and uh, you know our power play got us a big goal last night it, it was in a bit of a bit of a rut here but we're getting lots of chances and just you got to end up scoring so um the five-on-five play is something that we've really pounded on from day one at camp, and uh, there's been some positive signs still, so lots of room for improvement. But uh, if we keep moving the right direction, I think we'll become a better team. All right, next test tomorrow against the Maple Leafs, and we'll keep teeing up that game with you throughout the evening. Joe Bowen from the Maple Leafs broadcast booth is going to join us. When we get back, our weekly guest on Inside Sports, former NHL goaltender, This episode is brought to you by Tinder. Look, cuffing season may be over, but ladies, you can still get on Tinder and have some fun. It's the place to find whatever you're looking for, whether that's something serious, casual, or in between. Plus, Tinder has prompts and quizzes you can add to your profile to really help fuel the flame. Explore all the possibilities for yourself. Tinder, it starts with a swipe. Download Tinder today. Now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. Always fun to chat with Kelly Rudy in a few minutes. Jets now leading Ottawa 3-0 halfway through the second period. We'll keep you updated on that one. Oilers will play in Winnipeg on Sunday and Tuesday. First, they finish off their two-game set against the Maple Leafs tomorrow. Pleased to welcome back to the show our weekly featured guest here on Inside Sports. It is the one and only Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing really well, Reed. Uh, I'm just really getting going in this uh, NHL season, and uh, I've had a pretty good week. I, I only worked on Monday, and then I don't work again until Saturday and then Sunday at home for the Flames. But, uh, man, I've been watching every single night and uh, trying to get caught up with what's going on. And I don't know about you, but I'm finding the hockey is really I don't know, different. And I think it was Sheldon Keefe last night said after the Leafs lost that that was really one of the first times where he really felt that the uh, his team uh, couldn't get any energy because no fans in the building. And mm-hmm. so I, I think we're seeing examples of that. And I don't know if it's just me or if you agree, Reed, but we're seeing incredible momentum changes, it seems, in, in most of the games. Not all of them, but most, where one team just dominates for a period or, or 15 minutes, and then the other team does the same in the next period. So, And, and there have always been momentum changes. I'm aware of that. But it seems like they're greater this year. It seems more like a junior hockey game from time to time. 
Well, I wonder if there might be more teams than usual or just in, in general, if road records are going to be better than in other years because there are no fans influencing energy and mm -hmm. things like that. And with the travel, I mean, okay, you might play four games in seven days or six days, but you might only be in two cities. I mean, the Oilers yeah. are now in, in Toronto. They don't have to load onto a plane and fly and try to sleep on a plane and change time zones. They're in Toronto for two, and then they're in Winnipeg for two. So I got to think, I know staying in a hotel maybe isn't the most comfortable, and as the Capitals have found out, you got to limit <laughs> <laughs> what, you, what you can do, but still you're, you're, you're there. You're not, you're not flying around or all that kind of stuff. So I wonder if by the end of the year, we might see way more road wins across the league than any other year. Well, it makes sense. And for people that travel a lot, um, they do understand how travel does beat you up. And uh, uh, I think most people are aware of how NHL teams travel, but I've been doing it for years and getting on the Flames Charter after uh, certain games if I'm on that particular trip. And it just so reminded me of how your sleep patterns are all interrupted. So um, when you pl go play, for instance, if it's the Oilers, as you said, last night in Toronto, they get a good night's sleep, they get a day off today, back at it tomorrow, and then you always get on a plane right after the game. So depending where you're going and how far, your, you know, your, your sleep habits are all interrupted. Uh, you don't get into your hotel till sometimes three or four in the morning. And so it makes a big difference if you have that day in between where you get to rest and you don't have those same sorts of things. Uh, I know I really feel it when I fly with the flames because uh, if I'm not taking a commercial flight going to Toronto or maybe back home to Calgary, uh, I, you know, I, because of my age, I get tired and I, you know, getting to bed at three or four. And if it's back to back, then it makes it more difficult and all those things. So I think you're, you're definitely right about some teams might have a better road record. Now, having said that, I, I, I think in my mind anyway, I think there have been some very sloppy periods of games. Certainly we've seen it with Oilers and opponents at times and i i do think that no preseason might have an impact and i'm wondering if uh especially being a goaltender you know and it's funny because I, I i talk to rob all the time and other veteran guys or, or ex-players they say when they were younger they liked preseason games because it was a chance to prove themselves but they mm -hmm. were they were a lot of guys when they were older they felt two maybe three and then let's get going. But they all say they needed at least something to get up to speed. So I wonder how you feel no preseason might impact goaltenders. Absolutely, I think it does. And uh, uh, I am with Rob. Um, I don't. I think every veteran would have a different number of games, and maybe every year is just a little bit different in preseason. Some years that uh, I, I suspect going back, uh, if I kind of studied it, I'd probably say, yeah, some years I probably only needed three or four. Other years I needed what I thought was five or six, you know, just depending on how my eyes were picking up the game and uh, how I was seeing the game. And every, every year is different. I was definitely with Rob, though, say, going to my early days. Uh, it was really a time to prove something. When you went... To, to the morning skate and your name wasn't on that list that you weren't playing, that was a big disappointment because uh, you're not showing anybody what you can do in a practice. You need to be in a game situation. And so those were incredible moments. And, and I'm, I will say this, 
every scene, every year it seems like in training camp, in a normal year, people will say, ah, oh, the players don't care about uh, preseason. Yeah, yeah, we do. At least it was so important to me that I put a lot of effort into the games in uh, preseason simply because it gives you a bit of a head start going into that first regular season game. Now, having said that, the games aren't quite as good but they're they're pretty good, and so when you get to that first regular season game, it, you're you're pretty close to the level you need to be. It's it's still you can't quite get there until you play regular season games, but it sure is helpful for sure. Kelly Rudy joining us on Inside Sports. You you made a a little you made a phrase there. You said a phrase that I jotted down while you were answering. For a goaltender, it depended how your eyes are picking up the game, picking up yep. the puck. Miko Koskinen, he's the guy for the Oilers for the time being. And I do think he had a good game last night. I kind of yep. knocked him for the one goal against, but Rob kind of said, look, he was one. He gave the Oilers more than enough chances to win that game. But yep. I did find, especially the two games against Montreal, he was looking all over the place for the puck. And it kind of gave me that unsteadying feeling. And I know hey, the puck's going to get deflected, bounce mm -hmm. off a piece of equipment. You don't know where it is all the time, but I just felt sometimes he was he was really searching for it and wasn't picking it up right away. I mean, Gallagher could have scored uh, in, in one of the games when he was looking up into the glass yeah. and, and basically Gallagher just missed the open net. I, I, I don't know if, if you noticed that or what, if, if a goalie can get into a slump or a bad spell where he's just not picking up where those rebounds are going. Absolutely, you can uh, tell. And uh, I would agree with you with your assessment of Koskinen. I, I think right now I give him a lot of credit because he's trying to battle through um, what he's uh, going through. And it's, he's just not quite as comfortable as uh, he, he would like to be. Uh, sometimes it's amazing. Uh, we all know, of course, it only makes sense that when you're not feeling it, the puck seems as though it's going a lot faster than it is. You know, it's uh, we're on record a million times saying, yeah, when you're in a groove, the puck seems slower, so on. But the one thing that really struck me is that when I was struggling, how I, I had tunnel vision. So I could barely read a play, and that's crucial to a goalie. Like, you have to have two or three ideas on your mind with what the, the puck carrier might be thinking of. And once you get tunnel vision, and then it's a battle to not only to find the puck, but to understand what everybody else is doing around you, then it's a battle, but you've got to fight through it because there's no other easy solution. There's no other way out of this other than playing. And so, uh, and in this case, they don't have another option. So for him, uh, I, I really admired how he got through last night because I, I'm with you. I thought that was a terrible goal to give up to Austin Matthews at the time of the game and the score and everything. But he was able to uh, um, not allow that to affect him greatly after that like you know sometimes you let in a quick one right after that because you're so rattled from giving up that one knowing that you're struggling a little bit so i give him a lot of credit for that yeah and, and again one goal against after j just for him and the team after those two games against the canadians mm -hmm. I, I think was pretty big uh i i also I, well i didn't do it at the start of the interview tonight i'm doing it more near the end because i sometimes i try to come up with an alternative way to introduce you and thanks to your <laughs> twitter account today i could also introduce you as uh, a member of the 1981 whl all-star team taking on the victoria cougars uh, I, I think the math is right. 40 years ago today, 
can't have been that oh long ago. Yeah, you're right. Holy. <laughs> That's crazy, right? <laughs> That's and and I I know uh, the people that tweeted at me, they uh gave the rosters and the game sheet and everything and I have so many unbelievable memories. Uh, like I went through it last night when I, I saw it on my iPad, and I was like, holy cow, both teams were loaded with stars. I think the Victoria Cougars, I believe, I could be off by one or two, but I think they had 11 guys that ended up playing games in the National Hockey League, um, and they had a bunch of guys that ended up playing in the minors or overseas. And I think our team had 14 guys that played in the National Hockey League, and again, guys that played uh, in the minors and so on. So just unbelievable talent. And But you know what I remember most about that uh, that game and that experience, Reed? So we flew in uh, the day before, or two days before, I believe. And then we had a practice the day before the game. And of course, there's lots of different scouts there, right? And uh, do you remember the goaltender, Lauren Gump Worsley? Yep. Well, yeah, the name, legend- I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, legendary guy, right? So um, <clears throat> I had already been drafted by uh, the Islanders, and I went 38th overall that year, and 37th, Don Beaupre went to Minnesota. And why I bring that up, so Lauren Gump Worsley was scouting for the Minnesota North Stars at the time, and he was watching me in the practice, and by the way, I could barely take my eyes off him because he was a legendary goalie that had uh, played in the National Hockey League. So I'm thinking, this is cool. He's watching me. And uh, after practice, he called me over and gave me some tips. And I thought, oh, my gosh, how gracious, right? Like, he's scouting for a different team. They've drafted a different goalie just in front of me. And he's taking time out of his busy schedule to come give me some great advice, of which I uh, carried with me my entire career. So it was uh, really important advice. And I think What's one thing, one thing he told you, do you remember? Be ready sooner. As soon uh-huh. as the other team gets possession of the puck, get ready and come out of your crease. And I think I used to do it uh, when they got to center ice. And he said, that's not soon enough. You've got to be prepared earlier than that. And so I carried that with me my entire career. Yeah, and you never got beat on a long shot in your entire career. So, oh, well. yeah, he sure did. <laughs> Patrick Sundstrom scored from near the goal line, uh, one of my first games in the National Hockey League. It was, at least it was my first year, and uh, a bouncing puck, and, of course, every guy's let in pucks like that yeah. at some point, and uh, it was very, very embarrassing. Well, see, I didn't mean to bring up that bad, bad memory, but as I said, you guys, all you, all you ex-athletes, you always remember the bad stuff for the, the good right? stuff. Right? <laughs> hey, it sounds like you're having a great week. Thanks for uh, the insight on the Oilers and Koskinen and great memories from that WHL All-Star game, Kelly. We will do this, of course, again next week. Here's what's going on in the NHL tonight. Late in the second period, Winnipeg now up 4-0 on Ottawa. Cop, Shifley, Lowry, and Wheeler. The goal scorers also late in the second period. Columbus leads Tampa Bay 1-0. Islanders up 2-1 on the Devils. Jordan Eberle has his first of the season. And with about four minutes left in the second period, Philly with a 1-0 edge on Boston, even though... 
they only have uh, nine shots on goal. Claude Giroux, his first of the season, it came on the power play later, getting underway in about an hour. It's the Canadians and the Canucks. And at 8 o'clock, Los Angeles home to Colorado. Oilers and Leafs tomorrow right here on 6.30. Chad, face-off show will start at 3.30 in the afternoon. The game will start at 5. Then the Oilers go off to Winnipeg for two games. And I am pleased to welcome back to Inside Sports the play-by-play voice of the Maple Leafs. It's the one and only Joe Bowen. Joe, you're on with Reed. How have you been, sir? I'm fine, thanks. We're hanging in here through all of this uh, pandemic stuff, but uh, hopefully we'll get through it. And glad that hockey's back. Well, me too. It's already been interesting, and we're only a, a week and a day into the season. First of all, wh- where are you calling the games? Are you able to go to the rink for the home games, or what's the setup for you guys? Uh, yes, we go to uh, Scotiabank for the home games. And then uh, since our uh, affiliates are split between Rogers and Bell uh, for each road game, depending on who is carrying the game that night, we go to their facility either in downtown Toronto or out here uh, in, uh, near the 401 and out, out more in the burbs. But, uh, yeah, we're getting it done. All right. Well, uh, how did you enjoy calling last night's game? Were you, were you ready for uh, 13 or 14 goal calls and instead you only got four? <laughs> you know, there, we've done a, a number of games already with no people in the stands, including uh, last summer during the, the play-in and everything else. And this was the first game I'm glad no one was there. And I, and the reason I the reason I say that is you know the tickets here in Toronto are rather expensive, and I can't imagine having shelled out that kind of money expecting, uh, you know the the kind of fireworks that these two teams are capable of, and then all of a sudden to have a real dud the way it was. But you know what, it, 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 you you complain and get upset about well both of these teams. Got to play better defensively. Got to have better goaltending. So they do that, and now we're all upset at them. So um, as a coach, I'm sure they're a little uh, peeved at the situation that, you know, they did play well defensively, but there sure wasn't an awful lot of offense, that's for sure. Well, Dave Tippett made that very point today. I, I played the clip off the start of my show. He said exactly that. Everybody says Toronto and Edmonton are going nowhere until they can defend, and then they defend, and all he's hearing about is what... What, what an awful game it was. Yeah. I suppose there's a happy medium somewhere, and maybe we'll see that tomorrow, or maybe we'll get a nice 10-9 game, and then everybody can be upset about how the defense wasn't there. <laughs> so we'll wait and see. What what was the uh, Leafs post-game reaction from the coaching staff and otherwise uh, after that game? Because generally the Oilers thought, well, we gave up a ton of goals, and now we only gave up one, so we'll take that as a step forward. What, what was coming out of the other room? Well, I mean, they played two good games, one in Ottawa, the second game in Ottawa, and then at home. And and they've played, you know, they've gotten things sort of under control. And this was under control as well. And except for uh, Jimmy Vesey scoring on his own net and then a late power play goal, there's not much to think about here. But having said that, if this team is going to play better and be better in the postseason, then they have to learn to play that kind of a grinding game and maybe not take it all the way back to the New Jersey Devils of the 90s, but at least get get there where there's uh, a little more offensive opportunities than what were last night. But having said that, I don't think that you can be upset with the way the game was played if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf coaching staff and, and even the players. 
um, the entertainment value wasn't all there, but that's you know something that they have to work on. And obviously, there's enough firepower on this team to do that. And uh, if they get more of an opportunity on the power play, they'll probably show it. Joe Bowen joining us tonight from the play-by-play booth of the Toronto Maple Leafs. What's the story with with Austin Matthews? I, I've seen some tweets and scrolls on the TV that he left Matthews uh, left practice today. Was anything going on there? Well, uh, since we don't get to go down and talk to them, uh, we're getting the same kind of information you are. Uh, from what was discussed afterward, it was just a maintenance day kind of thing. He's been banged around a little bit. So um, I think that he's fine. He, he got on the ice. Uh, we're not sure about Joe Thornton. It looked like it was a wrist or a hand injury of some sort. Um, so not sure whether he'll be available tomorrow uh, but all of this becomes a, a real tricky situation with cap and uh, taxi squad and bringing people up. So we'll wait and see tomorrow uh, at the pregame skate and see who is ticketed to be in the lineup uh, for tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah, going to be uh, interesting to follow that. And Thornton, uh, yeah, I saw we saw Thornton go off. Hopefully, he's he's okay. But it sounds like uh, he he'd been doing a good job through the first four games of the season. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, he, he's never going to be the quickest guy on the ice, but he's obviously one of the smarter ones. Uh, I think that he and Marner and and Matthews have uh, gelled together a little bit. Um, he's certainly going to be uh, if the Leafs get a little more opportunity with the power play. A very uh, crucial part of it, I would think. Um, but having said that, you know, that it, it, they had no training camp, really. They've had no exhibition games. So to gel or try to gel in important games this early is a difficult situation. But the Leafs and certainly uh, Sheldon Keefe are not uh, adverse to making changes mid-game, uh, moving people up and down. Uh, Zach Hyman is sort of on a yo-yo from one to three, he's uh, depending on how the coach thinks things are going or not going. He's plugged in on those special spots. So uh, we'll wait and see how things turn out tomorrow, whether Thornton can go. If not, then there'll be some juggling. Obviously you saw him play for the avalanche, but then you saw him play every game last year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that is Tyson Berry. Given what you've seen from Barry, what would you tell Oilers fans or realistic expectations for him? I mean, Tyson Berry is not a defensive shutdown defenseman. Um, I mean, I think in the last three or four years, his, his plus minus is not very good. Um, so you've got to take what he brings, and that is um, uh, work on the power play, uh, an offensive type defenseman, um, and he's going to, you know, probably be a situation where sometimes you're going to be pulling your hair, and sometimes you're going to be saying, oh, nice pass. So, um, I mean, he's talk about really having quite the last three stops. Nathan McKinnon, then uh, Austin Matthews, and now Connor McDavid. That's three pretty good guys to play with. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Uh, I think here uh, they needed more of a shutdown defenseman or a defensive defenseman, and Tyson Berry didn't provide that. All right. 
Well, it's going to be fun seeing these teams play each other eight more times. I'm, I'm sure at some point there's going to be a high-scoring game or two. I don't know if they're all going to end 3-1 or, or 2-1 if the Oilers hadn't got the uh, the empty netter last night. Anything, and I know we're really early and we haven't seen all the teams maybe uh, in person or for an entire game. Anything surprise you about the Canadian division yet, though? Like the Canadians were a lot better than I thought they were going to be. Certainly the two games they came into Edmonton. Ottawa's a, lot, Ottawa's a lot better than you think it's going to be, too. Uh, there are going to be a lot of teams that lose points uh, to the Ottawa Senators that are going to be scratching their heads about how did that happen. DJ Smith has them playing very, very well, and they're an improved team. This is going to be an incredibly close division. And uh, points that are garnered in regulation time are going to be very precious as opposed to giving one away that stays in your division unlike other seasons when if you lost one for example the Oilers lost in overtime to Toronto yeah but we got an important point for us well now damn it we're giving another important point to someone who's in our division and that's going to be I think as big a factor as uh, how things go the rest of the way I, I, I think this is going to be a very, very close, tight race right down to the end as far as the playoff positions are concerned. Well, I think 30 wins gets you into the playoffs and 34 might get you first place. What's what's your range? Yeah, that, that's, that's probably accurate. Um, it, it's going to take that. And I don't know how many teams are going to get close to that. Uh, it, it, it will be interesting. And, you know, when... You play a team once and you go in and you have a stinker and you go, oh, nuts. Well, yeah, but now we're moving on somewhere else. No, we're here for two more. So buckle up, boys, and we better get this one back from them tomorrow. So, you know, the, the, the long winning streak, uh, we've won three in a row. Well, three of them might be in the same locale, and that's going to be extraordinarily difficult. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out too as far as the scheduling is concerned yeah yeah it could be a lot of splits as we go through this as one team gets beat and responds and comes in angry the next game hey joe it's it's always great to have you on the show i really appreciate whenever you make time for us here on inside sports enjoy the game tomorrow and then of course uh two more next week between these two teams it's going to be fun man Yeah, they're going to be sick of each other by the time that's done. <laughs> <laughs> that is Joe Bowen checking in tonight, play-by-play voice for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, yes, perhaps the game did not live up to the explosive hype last night, but uh, the Oilers will will definitely take it, and we'll see if they can pick up the sweep tomorrow evening. Don't forget, we'll have it for you with the face-off show at 3.30, and then the game will start at 5. All right, a little more uh, updates here from what happened with the Oilers today. Your feedback is welcome at 780-496-0. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Uh, Kevin writes in. Kevin says, I'm already sick of the Maple Leafs and I don't even play them. Fair enough, Kevin. Sorry. There are eight more games. We are going to be talking about them. You're going to get really sick of them. Maybe, Kevin, just watch. You could watch all the Oilers games except for when they play the Maple Leafs. That would still be, uh, what, 48 games this season. That'd be a good chunk of hockey action for you to follow. Maybe, I don't know. 
I don't know what to tell you. I, I, I don't know how to stop you from being sick of the Maple Leafs. Maybe we need to invent some sort of a medication, you know, something that stops your, your nausea when you hear about the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll work on that, Kevin. Maybe that's something we could patent. I'm still waiting for somebody. I'll even let somebody else make it. Just, just give me a little bit of credit, or, or you know, a little bit of the initial, uh, the, uh, the, the initial profits. I, I still say somebody needs to invent something. It would, it would kind of be like a large hockey puck, so a disc, and it would project a hologram of a Christmas tree. So you wouldn't have to put up your tree every year, and then you could move it around. So, oh, the tree's there. Oh, no, we've got guests coming. We've got to make room there. We'll just take the, the disc and put it somewhere else, and the tree shines like a hologram. So I'm writing this down. We've got to make the Christmas tree. Uh, Kellen and I have to uh, schedule some events for the Sylvan Lake Alliance of Wrestling, and we've got to make some sort of anti, anti-puking about the Maple Leafs drug. That's what we'll call it. The... <laughs> Do the Toronto Maple Leafs make you puke? Try Kevinoff. That's what we'll call it. We'll call it Kevinoff. That'll be the name of the drug. No, that makes it sound like we're trying to wipe you out, Kevin. We need a name for the anti-puking Toronto Maple Leafs drug. All right, I've noted that. I'll probably lose this paper tomorrow. Stu is calling in. My goodness, Stu, what's going on? I want to make a prediction on the Oilers tomorrow night. Okay. All right, so 5-2 Oilers. Okay, hey, maybe turn your radio down in the background if you can, Stu, before we keep going. Okay, there we go. Okay, okay. Five, two, five, two Oilers. Okay, what else? Uh, McDavid, two goals. Drysdale, one goal, one assist. Hopkins, one goal, two assists. Yamamoto, one assist. Okay, one goal, two assists for Nudes, did you say? Uh, McDavid, two goals. Drys yeah. battle, one goal, one assist. Hopkins, one goal, two assists. And Yamamoto, one assist. Okay, how come you're so confident for tomorrow? Uh, they're going for the sweep. They're in Toronto. There's no fans in Edmonton, and they're uh, doing better on the road. Uh, well, obviously, uh, McDavid's going to – well, it's like Gretzky. When Gretzky played there, they went nuts. So I'm predicting that McDavid's going to get two goals tomorrow night. I don't okay. know about the assists, but it's. Let me ask like you a, this, Stu. Yes. Who, who has most impressed you? Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Who on the team this year, and who are you most disappointed by? Uh, Dry title. Disappointed or, by or Leon? They, yeah. Okay, and who's most impressed you? Yamamoto. I'm not surprised you said Yamamoto. He 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 gets involved every night. Maybe the 3-1 loss against Montreal, he was quieter. But still, if he gives you 80% uh, good games, I think he's going to be a pretty good second-line player. No, he's he, going to be – yeah, he is. He's going to be good. And even, right. though we don't, like, even though we don't got Smith, 
I think, uh, well, I don't know. I think they should uh, maybe give Skinner a shot or something or whatever, like one game or something, see what he can do. Eh? We don't got nobody else, but... Well, I think they're going to play Troy Grosnick maybe next weekend when they have back-to-back Toronto and Ottawa, just because he's older. He has He's only played two NHL games, but he's had a good minor league career. I wouldn't be surprised if they threw him in. I don't know if they're going to start Skinner, at least not yet. I, I don't think they... I think if they thought Skinner was ready for the NHL, they wouldn't have re-signed Smith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and uh, what's his name uh, uh, come up from Bakersfield? He's he's uh, where I work. I work at the Statek Tower. I think he's living there because I seen him the other day. Uh, Von Bouchard. He just moved in. There. Oh yeah, I think I think they I think they should get Bouchard in hopefully sooner rather than later. He's got some potential, and he can move the puck. Right, that means you don't have to defend if you just get the puck out, as you and I both know. Hey. I got your prediction written down, Stu, so uh, I will save that for tomorrow. So the Oilers' lines today in Toronto as they did practice, and obviously I'm getting this from other media because I I can't go to the practices in Toronto. You got the first two lines the same, so McDavid, Nugent Hopkins, and Cassian, dry settle between Cahoon and Yamamoto. The other three lines, Turris was between Ennis and Pugliarvi, so maybe Ennis comes back in tomorrow. Shore with Neil and Archibald, so perhaps Neil returns tomorrow. And then the fifth line, which, again, if we're going by these, would be the line that's scratched tomorrow, is Kara, Nygaard, and Chason. Kara has clearly been surpassed, uh, surpassed by Shore, at least for the time being. You know, we've discussed uh, Kara's struggles really a lot over the last, well, two years plus to this point. And James Neal... Clearly a better finisher around the net on the power play than Chason. Uh, I think, you know, Chason's been kind of a streaky player during his time in the NHL. He's going to be around. He's going to be on the team. He's going to get to play. Maybe he comes out tomorrow. Maybe Neil's ready to go. Here's Dave Tippett on his status. Uh, he's a possibility for tomorrow. He's put some good work in, so we'll, uh, we wanted to get him through a full team practice here. He's been, he's been skating hard, but this is our first full team practice in about 10 days, so we wanted to see him get him through a practice and... We'll uh, see where he is in the morning and whether he can be an option for us. All right. So maybe Neil tomorrow. Clearly he's getting close if they actually put him on the fourth line at practice today. That could give the Oilers a little bit of a boost, maybe somebody with a little better finish uh, in tight. Though for me, I'm still not totally sure what we're going to get from Neil. I mean, he had over half his goals in one month last season. He got slowed down by an injury. He's not a a, a speedy skater to begin with. He does bring a little bit of nastiness and some gamesmanship. He does go in there and bang around a little bit if he can. And he look, I I do believe he's a better finisher in tight than Alex Chason. I think Chason's probably better at at screening the goaltender. Uh, But like we talked about a lot, that it doesn't matter who's in front of the net if the puck never winds up there. You got to shoot, and that's how they scored last night. Got the puck to the net, dry settle, gets the loose puck, and puts it away. But it's for now, it looks like Devin Shore has has overtaken everybody else to be that fourth line center. Here's Tippett on Shore. Each game, he's getting a little better and getting a little bigger role in our team. And uh, you know, he's a, he's a player. As a coach, you can you know what you're going to get from him. He understands the game, understands how you want to play situations, and understands the time of the game and you know how to play accordingly. So he's a good pro, a good veteran. He's uh, he's been a good pickup for us. 
Yeah, Devin Shore, I, I think, has been okay. Uh, did get that shorthanded goal against Montreal in that same game. I would have liked him to get out of the crease a little quicker on that goal that Shea Weber scored from behind the net. Thought that Shore did a good job last night in Toronto, and he believes that keeping a level head is important throughout this season. It's very important. I, that's important in an, in an 82-game season when when you play every team in the league and, and probably, uh, if you're being honest, a, a little more important this year. But... Uh, <laughs> You guys are saying hi to me. Um, but yeah, like uh, with how every, I think everyone's talked about it, but every game's a, a four-point game and and uh, it kind of seems when you're in the thick of it, uh, the momentum swings are a little bigger. So um, you got you to make sure you're bringing uh, everything you can each night and uh, and hope to, to get the momentum going. All right. Shore also knows he's got an opportunity here with the Oilers. He wants to seize it. It's exciting. It's a great organization and uh, and the guys have been awesome. Uh, right away there's a really good group of guys in that locker room so from an individual uh, standpoint it, it it makes things a lot easier to come in and and feel comfortable and and feel confident that, that you can help the team so uh, I, I definitely appreciate that and and uh, yeah it's it, there's a long way to go but it, it's a fun uh, it's a fun group to compete with each thing all right, a little bit there from Devin Shore. More hockey talk in the next hour of the show. Dave Campbell, also remember Warren Woods, longtime Regina sports caster who passed away from COVID. And uh, interesting story here, not so much a good one with Basketball Canada. They're in trouble with FIBA. We'll tell you why. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.